Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. The UK's leading sight loss charity, RNIB, provides a huge range of services to visually impaired people, their family, carers and friends. But sometimes when we talk about visual impairment, we tend perhaps to talk less of children or even very young children, babies and toddlers. But there are support services out there. Now, how with is Sarah Holton from RNIB. Sarah, thank you very much for joining us. Hi. Would you agree that probably when we talk about sight loss, we tend to think of older generations? I think that can be the case. I think the the research tells us that there's a larger number of people in the UK who are visually impaired due to age-related conditions. But obviously, as part of the RNIB children's team, I feel incredibly strongly that those who do have a sight issue from birth need absolutely excellent support and as do their families and siblings. So even if the numbers aren't quite the same, I don't think that's any comment on the value and and essential need for support and advice to be given even when people are very little. So it must be hugely important for parents, you know, if they have a, a baby, a child with a visual impairment, to support them as early as possible and to show them that, that sight loss doesn't have to be the end of things. Absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think that, like you say, the earlier that we can be involved in supporting a family when they find out that their child has a vision impairment, the better. And I think for exactly that purpose that we're helping people hopefully to get back on the track of the joy and excitement of raising their baby and child, which can be really shattered at the time of diagnosis. So it's about putting in those ideas and support that can help parents remember all of the joyful experiences they're going to have, all of the expertise that they have themselves as a parent. We're just trying to fill in any gaps that might have arisen because people haven't had experience before of supporting a child with a sight problem. Now, you mentioned the, the joyful experience, and play is part of that for you know the bonding process, for, for children to learn their way around the world. And when it comes to a visually impaired child, you know, has there been a shortage in the past of help and support around that? I think from our point of view, we've certainly had a bit of a gap. We, for 10 years in the sort of early noughties, we produced something called a toy catalogue, which was, as it sounds, a a list of toys that had been picked out as being interesting and fun for tactile reasons, or they made a noise, or they were very visually stimulating for children who had some vision left to be worked with. We stopped producing that in 2011. And I think since then, we maybe haven't had a a concrete offering from RNIB in terms of play and toy advice, which is where we've got to now with our newly published play guide. Now, we have with us Karen Newell, and Karen is a parent herself with a visually impaired child. Karen, you know, we're hearing a little bit about the help and support that's out there and and perhaps things that need to be improved on, but that, that support nonetheless is crucial in getting that support as soon as possible, even more so. Oh, definitely, yes. My son was diagnosed as severely sight impaired at about six to eight weeks old. And I can remember wandering into the RNIB. As a mum, I felt sort of stripped of everything I knew about a child. Fred was my second child, and I thought I knew these things. But after diagnosis, it sort of strips you of everything you know. So I was really lucky. I I lived near the RNIB in London, and I wandered in, sort of in a post-diagnosis haze really with Fred in a carrier and mumbled something to a lady who was there who happened to be Julie Jennings actually so I struck gold there 
And I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start with my child with a, a visual impairment. And luckily, she gave me the play catalogue that Sarah's just mentioned. And it became a lifeline, really, for me to read through and to choose some toys and to also give to family and friends. It was a positive step forward to say, yes, you can buy this you know, we can treat our visually impaired child like any other. We just need to be a bit careful about the toys that we choose. But as Sarah said, the catalogue finished in 2011, so it was becoming out of date. So we were delighted to be able to ask to renew the catalogue and put some newer toys in to help future families. I mean, play, we are kind of focusing on the one because there, there is a huge amount of support out there from RNIB for, for parents and so on, visually impaired children. But play really opens up the world to a young child. It's kind of the, you know, the first experiences. It helps them with their independence, motory skills, having fun, problem solving, and just interacting with the public as well. So, you know, toys are crucially important. They're really important, and that's why when we looked at rehashing the play guide, that we wanted to put it into different themes. And so we, we try in the play guide to introduce gently to the parent to sort of observe your child first, because, you know, all children have got different likes and wants, and look at the sort of play cues that they give you. You know, what do they want to do? What are they into at the moment? So we've tried to do it in sections, but also give helpful hints. So the sections are on social play, imaginative play, creative and constructive. So as you go through the guide... We've tried to include specialist toys, but we focus a lot on mainstream toys that you can go to any sort of local shop and buy and maybe look at adapting some of it. We spent a lot of time playing with toys with Fred and his friends, and it was great fun <laughs> testing good fun. them out and seeing how they worked for our visually impaired child. I mean, in terms of the toys themselves, what, what kind of things are we talking about? What, what can make a difference? I think you just have to be careful in selection. You know, we, we're looking at things with sound. We're looking at things with very clear buttons. We're looking at high contrast colours. But we're also looking for interesting things to do with fine motor skills, with construction, and also the placement of those toys in the child's playroom or bedroom is really important. What we found is that there's a lot of playful interaction that can happen with mother and child. And that helps you build that bond, like you were saying, when you've had some you know, devastating news, really, and I think that's quite hard to admit now because it's such a joy to have Fred, that you can do so much and help within that playful interaction. It's a really great bond. This might sound an obvious question with an obvious answer, Karen, but do we need more accessible toys mainstream, you know, available in any shop, not just specialist outlets? Yeah, I think there's a lot of toys out there, and what we found is the hardest thing was trying to sort of drill them down to toys that were useful for children with visual impairment. To be honest, there are a lot of toys out there, and the hardest thing for parents is finding them. So we wanted this guide to say, hey, look, this is the guide. You can choose one. that We've tested these toys on children with visual impairment, and they're the best at the moment that are out there. So, And I think these toys are good for all children. You know, there are a lot of toys out there, and it's quite difficult to choose. So yes, it would be nice to have some more accessible toys at a more reasonable price. Sarah, you know, Karen telling us there just the, the toys themselves and the difference they can make and, and having them available in one place as well, you know, make, makes a big difference as well. Absolutely. I think what we're trying to do is make one aspect of this a bit easier. I think a time when a parent is trying to get their head around a diagnosis, they've got referrals, appointments, potentially treatments and surgeries. 
actually getting toys in the house and making the house nice and fishing around for the right things is maybe one thing that we can really streamline and make easy. I think obviously in the time that I've been doing both the toy catalogue as the old one and the play guide, the beauty of course is that is now that with online shopping it can be so much easier to be in one place and access a whole range of, of high street toys. So that's been something that's made the job very much easier. But it's like you say, it's it's suggesting that you can go to your local high street you can go to a toy shop there will be stuff there but we're just helping you identify the particular products which might be great all the ideas behind those products that we've chosen so one of the aspects in the guide is actually a list of features which you could use when you're choosing toys so we're not limiting people to just those products that we've selected we're saying that these are the types of things that we've had in mind when we've been looking at toys and you could use the same list when you're shopping yourself Karen, we can't talk about toys without asking what what Fred's favourite run is. <laughs> well, Fred is now a boisterous six-year-old. Oh right, <laughs> he, he loved Lego. It's mm. still it's still a big hit. He's a Minecrafter, so he he just spent a, a bit of time on the Xbox and playing with the figures. So they're actually not included in here. But he loved Playmobil. I think small world play at this age is really important in, in working through situations and scenarios. We have a section in the toy guide called representative toys. And as Fred grows up, we want him to realise that there are other children who wear glasses, who are visually impaired. And he happens to be the only one in the school who has a visual impairment. But what we want to try and do through the representative toys section is say it's really important to buy toys that represent your child too because it helps them and their friends in building their self-esteem. So Fred is desperate for a guide dog. And I've tried to explain him. He's a bit too little. And, you know, the guide dog's probably about as big as him at the moment. But he loves playing with his Playmobil guide dog and his Playmobil characters acting out what he will be doing in the future. Fantastic. Sarah, the catalogue is available. How do people go about getting their hands on it? So we've produced it as an online accessible PDF and you can download it from www.rnib.org.uk forward slash play. If you have any difficulty obtaining it or finding it, you can call our helpline, which is 0303 you can't beat talking about toys. Karen and Sarah, thank you both for speaking with us on RNIB Connect Radio. Lovely, thank you. Thanks. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.